Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 26 A tall, lanky man pushed open the door of the small office on the tenth floor of the Chronicle building. Outside the window, the last traces of deep red were fading from view, leaving only the deepening purples that rolled over the city in preparation for the black carpet of night. But for Jack Peters, intrepid Chronicle reporter and sometime agent of justice, the workday was far from over. Peters balanced a sheaf of papers in the crook of one arm and a cup of coffee in the other as he felt for the lights. He flipped the switch up with a click. Nothing. Peters sighed as the door closed behind him, plunging the room into darkness. Using the gray tones cast by the last traces of sunset, he groped his way to the desk and set down his cup. He felt for the switch on the small lamp on his desk and turned it on. A soft glow appeared through the green glass of the desk lamp, and its beam clearly illuminated the desktop with a typewriter front and center, surrounded by a small pile of papers. Peters circled the desk and flopped into the old chair. He took a sip of the coffee and rubbed his eyes. His focus shifted to the typewriter, and he fed a sheet of paper into the machine with an absent-minded efficiency born of routine. He cupped his chin in his hands for a moment and glanced over to the telephone. He seemed to consider both devices for almost a minute, then made up his mind and reached for the receiver. As he dialed the number, there was an immediate click and a strange tone, as if the call was no longer being routed by the normal service. Peters was far from surprised by this. A moment later, the line connected with a sharp click. "'Mother Hen speaking,' a soft female voice said. "'Oh, hello, Mother dear,' Peters smiled into his mouthpiece. "'It's Jackie Boy.' There was a small pause on the line, and the voice tried hard to chastise him. "'Mr. Peters,' it began, "'what exactly is wrong with protocol?' "'How much time do you have?' Jack smiled. "'Listen, is he on his way?' "'You know I can't answer that question, Mr. Peters.' "'Yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, I've got a deadline. "'And I can't finish if I can't start, "'and since I've got a whole pile of not much to fill my column inches tomorrow, "'it takes a little concentration. "'It's tough to pull it off if I'm waiting to be interrupted.' You understand I'm in loaves and fishes territory here, right, Mother dear? You never seem to let that trouble you before, Mr. Peters. I admit to sometimes being the author of my own misfortune, Peters said, pulling a pack of cigarettes out of his shirt pocket. But on this occasion I have no story because I spent the day chasing rainbows for a certain big spooky mystery man, and I was wondering if he was planning on putting in an appearance. Mr. Peters, came a voice from the shadows. It was a moment before Jack Peters realized that the girlish scream he heard in response to this interjection had in fact come from his own mouth. In the end, it was the sound of Mother Hen's laughter on the other end of the line that brought him back. He checked in from your phone ten minutes ago, Jack, she said. Thank you, Mother dear. You've been a great help. Send my love to Father Hen. And he hung up the telephone. You like to make me jump, don't you? he said crossly. He could just make out the shape of the red panda against the wall and the faint glow of the blank eyes of his mask. He reached his hand out to lift the cup again and found it gone. He looked up to his left quickly and saw the heart-stopping shape of the girl in grey standing beside his desk, drinking his coffee. Hiya, Petey, the flying squirrel smiled. Help yourself, Peters nodded. I'm pretty sure I just did, she said, batting her eyelashes. You two do a lot of looming, Peter said, leaning back in his chair. Anybody ever tell you that? The squirrel shrugged. It's our bit. 
Peter squinted to make out the shape of the red panda, who had not moved from the shadows. He nodded to the squirrel. He seems serious tonight, even by his standards. All the more reason to make him happy, Petey, she beamed. You have news, Mr. Peters, the voice from the shadows intoned. Peter sat upright, still playing with an unlit cigarette between his fingers. Right, right, he nodded, trying hard to remember that the specter in the corner was on his side. Ajay Shah, the mysterious man from the Orient. is all the rage in high society. I had to make inquiries through our gossip columnist. And if you had any idea how little I like asking Lulu Lalonde for a favor, you'd have a general idea of the size of the one you owe me. To say nothing of the fact I've got no story for the morning edition. The flying squirrel grinned and glanced at the boss. He hadn't moved. He was taking the stern routine a little farther than usual. He was even making Petey nervous. The moment hung in the air just long enough to be uncomfortable before Peters filled the void with the sound of his own voice again. Ajay Shah, son of a wealthy industrialist, international playboy, heir to one of the largest private fortunes in Asia. He's certainly turning heads here in town. Shaw's been wined and dined all over the city, and by all the swellest of swells. Peters paused for a moment for effect, looking at the shadow by the wall for any sign. There's only one trouble. He doesn't exist? the red panda asked softly. He does not, in fact, exist. Peters grinned. The story checks out on the surface, which is why Lulu Lalonde never saw through it. But even given that half of what people say is usually bunk, somebody ought to have heard of this guy. Consulates, embassies, the Chronicle foreign desks? The Chronicle has foreign desks, the flying squirrel said, a little shocked. We have paid stringers that work for us and a couple dozen other hack rags. What do you want from us? He grinned again. Point is, they're good men and they know the Runyons. They don't know Ajay Shah or anyone that sounds like him. What does it mean, the squirrel said, turning to the figure in the shadows. I figure him for a confidence man, Peter said, still fidgeting with the cigarette, or the luckiest grifter in the whole wide world. I doubt he's in this for the free lunch, Jack, the red panda said, stepping forward into the light. You have a picture? Peters looked sheepish. Funny thing, that. There aren't any. The red panda raised an eyebrow. Apparently the guy cuts quite a figure, Peter said. Lalonde sent our staff shutterbugs out to three swanky parties to make with the snapshot. They came back with pictures of everything but. Three guys, three nights, three complete washouts. How's that for a story, the flying squirrel chirped. Great angle. Chronicle staff incompetent. I'm sure Editor Purley will want to run a special edition. The Red Panda looked at his partner. This can't be coincidence, he said. But boss, the squirrel protested before being cut off by the ringing of the telephone on Peter's desk. Both heroes fell silent as Peters lifted the receiver. Jack Peters, he said and listened for a moment. Oh, hello, mother dear. Yes, he's right here. He held the telephone out towards the Red Panda, who took it calmly. Report he said simply, and listened without speaking for a full minute. Understood, he said at last, returning the receiver to its cradle. Well, the flying squirrel said impatiently, Mother Hen says the coroner's report was released on our playmates from the other night, the masked man said gravely. They were all burned beyond any hope of identification. But, she said, her arms crossed, waiting for the other shoe to drop, but she received a call from our man at the morgue. Bert Mendel, Jack said, picking up at what sounded like a story. The red panda nodded. Bert swears that the report was fixed. He doesn't know how or by whom, but when his boss signed off on the report, it identified the three of them as being the household staff of one Joshua Kane. Jack Peters bolted up out of his chair. Kane? Say, if we could just get something on that menace. 
Why, he's got his fingers in every rotten apple pie in town. The flying squirrel shook her head. Feels wrong, boss, she said. None of this feels like Cain. Joshua Cain doesn't devise crime, the red panda decreed. He staffs it, and he seems to be up to his neck in this. What about Ajay Shah? the squirrel asked. Forget Shah, Peter said excitedly. This Cain story is news. Oh, you've just got to let me run with this, he implored. The red panda considered it for a moment. It might help to cover Bert's tracks if whoever hired Kane thinks we got a lead from a leak at the Chronicle. Anonymous sources only, Jack. Roger that, the newsman said, settling in front of his typewriter with enthusiasm. But boss, the squirrel objected, we don't want Kane to know we're on to him. By the time the morning edition hits the streets, squirrel, you and I will be quite finished with Joshua Kane. A smile played across his face just for a moment, and anyone but her might have missed it. Thirty seconds later, the room was empty but for the reporter and the busy sound of typewriter keys. Please take a moment to remember those who fought for freedom and for those who paid the ultimate price to do so.